What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. It is myself and Matt DiStefano previewing the Eagles and the AFC for the 2021 NFL season, along with previewing college football's week one. A little housekeeping note, we talk about it at the beginning that we're going to do the entire NFL slate, starting with the Eagles, then jumping over to the AFC, then back to the NFC in classic Matty D and the G-Man fashion. We got through the Eagles, we got through the AFC, and it was taking a while, so we decided to leave the NFC for next week. So if you hear that, don't be confused. We just talked for a while about the Eagles and the 16 teams in the AFC, and then went to college football week one. Enjoy. This one was a lot of fun to record. Can't wait to hear what you all think. Let us know what you disagree with in the comments. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Shoot us a tweet for whatever you disagree with. Follow us on Instagram, Thunderblog. Sports is the handle there. I'm going to be in San Francisco for the rest of this week. I'm going to a Giants game on Thursday. So be on the lookout for pictures from Oracle Park where the Giants play, stadium snacks, and a lot of sightseeing. I'm very excited to go. But enjoy the episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the Bullpen Cart. Search The Bullpen Cart with a T on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But enjoy the episode. Have a great weekend. Enjoy college football finally being back. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, the master of the gridiron, the guru of the football. Notice the switch up of the alliteration there. Mr. Matty D, how are you, my friend? I mean, we're, we're, on, the, we're on the precipice, right? Oh, yeah. On the precipice. Today, I'm going to tell you something. For all those people who have these really early fantasy football drafts, you know, today is now the day. You're good to go, right? All preseason games are over. You're ready to draft now. And we are, like I said, we are just, we're on the moment here. So I am, uh, I'm ready. So what's the difference? Uh, and I can't wait. In the, in the preseason, not having four games, that they just cut the four, like they cut a fourth week, obviously, but like, wasn't the fourth, the last preseason game normally two nights from now? We're recording this Tuesday, August 31st. Yeah. Cut day. Yep. And so they just like, cut that? Yeah, so they're basically – right, they cut that. And essentially uh, it basically gives team – just other than the, really the, the the Buccaneers in Dallas who open, open the season on Thursday night, which could be a great game. Um, you know, it cuts it, – it, other than really – they get a kind of a buy, but everyone else gets an extra buy. Sure. I do think it hurts though, right? You think about – Again, this is the problem. We don't appreciate the preseason games, right? And, of course, the owners try to make it about selling tickets. But the coaches do really value that fourth preseason game because a lot of times your, your starters wouldn't even play. And you just get an opportunity to see how, how, do our, how, do, how, do, how are these deep roster guys doing? Are there any gems? And so we'll see how it goes, right? We'll see how many of these people that got cut today or released or you know, released or waived. There's two different you know, um, wordings behind it, but how they you – know, how they fare, right? Well, some latch on other teams and have success because they just need a little more time. But yeah, I mean, it's essentially just giving them an extra 
extra bye week, which I think is important, though. So I, I do have to say that. Yeah, certainly. And I it literally just put two and two together today. Of Like, I remember kind of just starting Labor Day off with that final preseason game, and I didn't even think anything of it until literally realizing, you know, we have week one of college, which we must say to returning listeners that normally know that we start talking college, then jump into the NFL. We're going to do our full deep dive NFL preview and then jump into the week one preview at the end and talk maybe a little week zero. But we want to do, because of busy schedules and everything, I talked about this a little bit on the solo baseball pod, we have a you know limit more limited space to do more podcasts. So we're going to do the deeper NFL preview today. We figured do it on cut day when we kind of know a little more of the solidified rosters. And now we know one more starter and one more potential quarterback controversy resolved, compromised, yep. if you will. Um, for those of you that know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. We'll dive into it. But we are going to start in the NFL, and we're going to start – we're going to do it division by division, but we're going to start with the Eagles because we want to talk about the Eagles the most instead of waiting to talk about them last. And for Eagles fans, obviously a lot of you are Eagles fans because of me and Matty D and being you know in close proximity to us. So we're going to start with <laughs> them, and then we're going to work our way through the AFC and then go through the NFC, basically do the around the horn, AFC East, South, North, West – and then go the reverse, north, west, south, east. So Giants, Cowboys, football team fans, you're going last, and the Eagles are going first. So Matty D, Eagles coming back from a 4-11-1 season last year. It's now Jalen Hurts' team officially. Joe Flacco's on the team. The Eagles just traded for Gardner Minshew. They made another trade today, sending a veteran lineman off to join Carson Wentz in Indianapolis if Carson Wentz ever gets healthy whether it's COVID or his foot. But Matt, what have you seen out of the Eagles during the preseason training camp, all that stuff, and what are you expecting out of them? Yeah, my, Matt, I'm, yeah my expectations are are diminished, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think sometimes we get too caught up with ourselves and, oh, you know, how great are the Eagles. And the preseason, everybody gets really hyped. I don't hate this team, and I do think they're playing little house money, and I think they have the opportunity to be pretty good. This year, I think they have the opportunity to win games. Um, and, and I saw some really positives in training camp with some guys kind of emerging. Um, and this is the NFL, right? This is a huge – I mean, you can swing back and forth very quickly. And this is in the NBA, right? So, you know, division winners will be last place this year. Last place will go all the way to first. There's going to be new playoff teams. These things will always happen in the NFL. And I, I think – the Eagles are at least working towards that in a lot of really good ways. They have some they have some issues, but I also think they have some really big positives going for them. I like where they are this year without having super high expectations for the 2021 season. Yeah, I'm in a similar spot. I don't think they're going to play that well. Obviously, some injuries and other things going on with other teams in the division make me think maybe they'll sneak in a couple extra wins here and there. We're going to talk about a couple other factors, returning players from injury or additions to other teams in the division, whether it's a quarterback coming back from a terrible injury last year, a new quarterback, a magical quarterback, if you will, coming along the Potomac River, or the thighs of a million people returning to the Meadowlands, um, <laughs> and the other the other things, too, that have me a little more down, you know, the aforementioned Potomac River team having a very good defense is very nerve wracking with the Eagles yeah. run with the offensive line issues. And we've seen a little bit of it right through the, through the preseason and training camp and various 
other concerns there? And you know, you got to think if they're making this trade to get a sixth rounder or what was it? It ends up being a sixth and a fourth that they traded uh, today. But you got to think that they're a little more optimistic on the guys that they've drafted. Landon Dickerson returned or made his debut. I don't even think he had played at all uh, in right. in in the preseason. But he, you know, it, it seems to have positive vibes for him. The you know offensive guard from Alabama. So hopefully he can maybe make some sort of impact. Work hard and see what happens there. You know, there's always the the saga of Andre Diller, Jordan Mailata at the left offensive tackle, the blind spot. So we'll have to see there. That's really where I'm concerned. I know there's a lot of hype around Devontae Smith, around Quez Watkins, around Jalen Rager. Wager, what the hell is that? Uh, And then obviously (laughs) one, potentially one last year of Ertz and Dallas Goddard being a potential fantasy sleeper. You know, those are obviously huge, but the offensive line has me really concerned, at least on that side of the ball. Well, I think the biggest thing, well, think the big to me, the biggest thing with the offensive line is health, right? Like exactly. last year, it wasn't a lack of talent; it was lack of health. So Jason Kelsey is older, but he's back. He is an All Pro, like like right. So you've got a stud there. Brandon Brooks should be back. Was an All Pro. Lane Johnson, All Pro, right? Isaac Samuel, probably not an All Pro, but at least a starter in this league. And sure. then there's some guys behind him. Nate Herberg, you mentioned Dickerson, uh, and then Mylotta, who's a question mark but has a ton of upside. So my big thing with the offensive line is if they're healthy, I honestly think this is one of the best units in all football. Health is very important, though. We're a little deeper than maybe we were last year, but still, you can't afford – I mean, look, Lane was out. Brooks was out. Peters was in and out of the lineup, right? Dillard was out. Uh, Mylotta looks like a starter, though, which is an amazing story and really important for us. But again, I look at all that, and and, and it, to me it's really coming down to, hey, are, are, star- are they healthy? We have a decently healthy offensive yeah. line. I think I think we're a much better team, and it gives time for these uh, an exciting young receiver core who's going to make mistakes, by the way. But an exciting young receiver core. Don't forget about Greg Ward. I really like Greg Ward. I will never give up on Greg Ward. Oh, yeah. I find him to be that classic slot receiver. Two two of the games, honestly, you could argue if Ertz is healthy this year, top ten tight ends, right? Yeah. Goddard and Ertz, they're that good. And then and then by the way, our running backs. Led by Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, um, Kenneth Gainwell. There's a lot of talent on this team that's trending up or at least has potential, which is why offensively the big question mark remains under center, right? If if Jalen Hurts, who's now officially obviously was going to be the starter, but named the starter, if he can produce, it's a different ball game for this team. They have weapons they can utilize. I mean, again, I think we are I, – I think teams don't – if teams underestimate us, that's where we could really – make some noise but 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 it really comes down to the quarterback which it almost always does right yeah but he's got young promising help around him yeah for certain and I think that's a really good point on on a Greg Ward but b the running backs are going to be exciting you know obviously I a year ago really was missing the north south running back not a ton of those left in the NFL you know from the LeGarrette Blunt that the Eagles had to Jonathan Taylor's that a that the Colts have and, and that sort of thing. But I don't know. It could be exciting. And I think that they're going to try to at least have him go those quick, quick uh, check down offense type plays and see what happens there. And then maybe give him the keys to open it up a little more. So I think a, let's stay healthy B let's see what he can do. And, and hopefully maybe surprise some teams like he did new Orleans a year ago and a, you know, and a couple other teams too, that may not have gone the Eagles way. One of which uh, Jalen hurts, not his fault at all. He was pulled off the field, but you know, we'll have to see, but 
defensively, I don't know. I still, I think health is also of concern there, specifically with the secondary, but I'm pretty excited about the front seven. I think they're going to be pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I actually have way more, way more. Um, I think this, I think this defense is completely underrated. Yeah. Uh, to your point, we have, were built back in the Andy Reid glory days over a really strong defensive line, and I've taken that to heart. Right, you build from the line out, okay? And and this defensive line, you think about first of all, Javon Hargrave, healthy. Is a guy who came up from Pittsburgh with a lot of hype next to a Fletcher Cox who is still maybe in his maybe in the twilight of his prime, but still in his prime. You got Brandon Graham. Josh Sweat might start over Derek Barnett. And that's not even a shot at Derek Barnett, who I think no, is a I was little say underrated. That. Him and Kerrigan coming in, I think goes right? back to that Super Bowl run where they were able to throw in almost a second unit that was just yep. as good as the first unit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you bring in Milton Williams. You, you bring in uh uh, it's uh, Tupulo two, I think it is the the big nose tackle from. I'm not USC. the one to pronounce names correctly, so don't ask. Ter- but you got three <laughs> rookies though. But, but the key is you got three rookies, mid round picks, but rookies behind them who have all flashed a little bit that can show you something. Oh, and plus you're going to have Jannard Avery as kind of this stand up rush linebacker in this new scheme yeah. a little bit, who was kind of a defensive end, who's a tweener. So I think from a pass rush standpoint, you've, you've, I think you've at the minimum improved a little bit, if not a lot. And it, if a guy like Josh Sweat can take a step, so there's to me there's again you got some good vets, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, uh, Javon Hargrave, and Derek and Kerrigan, right? But you've yep. got some good young talent on the defensive line. You can kind of flow through them a little bit. I'm with you 100. You know we've always look. This has never been a team of linebackers. Like let's be honest, right? It's been a long time for the Jeremiah Trotter glory days, right? But I, I do. Alex Singleton's a guy that's going to get a lot of a lot of tackles. Eric Wilson is an underrated pickup from I believe the Vikings. If my memory serves me correct. Yep. And then you've got some young talent, right? Devon Taylor, Sean Bradley. So there are guys there that can make an impact that are just kind of growing into themselves. But I, I look at a really. I also look at like again Steve, the Stephen Nelson sign has gone under the under the under the radar because we're not a we're not a. Uh, Secondary we're not a top team. line. Well, we're not, we're, but we're also not a top line competitor, right? Yeah, that's not true. Kansas yeah. City adding. We've added us, but we've added a starting outside corner to give to give McPherson our rookie some times, and we're going to slide Avante Maddox right in the slot. You got McLeod and Harris in the back. Again, I think this defense is solid. I don't know if there's a superstar, which is the problem. Um, but again, granted, to me, Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox are stars. They're just not necessarily superstars, but it's a solid defense without his without nearly again without injuries without nearly the whole yeah, last say. year. Which, I I need a healthier season out of a lot of the Eagles, but Slay, well, I, the offensive I, again, line. Again, I look, but think about last year, right? When you go back to last year, you think about the struggles. Yes, the focus was going to be Carson because he's the quarterback. Yep. But outside of Carson, guys were dropping all over the place for us. Like our offensive line, our our you know, Ertz missed time, our our receivers missed time, our our d- defense was decimated by injuries. So yeah. we are healthier. And that's the ebb and flow of the NFL, and availability is an attribute. But if we are healthier, I think we have a solid opportunity this year to at least, to your point, we're not going to talk about the NFC East yet, but to do something within the division, I think, is where I'm looking at this. And we're going to get into the NFC East later, so I'm not going to – I won't give that up now. But I think this division is winnable. That's that's the big thing, right? There's no Kansas City or, or Buccaneers in this division. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I guess looking at his, he played in 15 games, which I kind of forgot. I think he just left games and then was in the lineup the next week. So I was a little harder on, on Darius. I apologize. I, 
Yeah. When he's health, when he's in well, and he's well, playing well, he's great. He he got a little he got a little abused by DK Metcalf, who didn't last year. But I also go back when it he comes had nine to tackles corners, in that game, though. Yeah, but when it comes to corners, right? I I don't always have J, Jalen Ramsey, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, it's but it's a lot of it's a combination between the corners and the the pass rush and the corners and the safeties that make it work, right? So you can have a great corner, but sometimes if everybody else isn't working in unison you're not going to have the same success, but the corner is the one on the island. Yeah, absolutely. And I think go, you made a really good point about the safeties and how there's actually a little bit of depth and that you can bring Maddox back into kind of that nickel back position. And, yeah, and that have slot him be, corner, which I think yeah. he's way better at. Be, yeah, he'll be way starter. better for that. And we'll have to see what happens there. I mean, whenever I hear nickel back on the Eagles, I think of fucking uh, Juan Castillo. And when he tried to emulate literally the the <laughs> – Packers defense that had just won the Super Bowl. But regardless, it, it's, that was 10 years ago. The NFL is a much different place now. So there's certainly a, a much better thing for it. But let's yeah. keep it moving. Um, yes, you know, I guess, do we want a prediction of where we think the Eagles are going to go since we're not? Not yet. No, okay. we're waiting. No, we'll wait, we'll wait until the rest last... of it. All right. So where are we heading, Jordy, geographically? Where are we going? So we're going to go, we're going to do the the horseshoe. We're going to go the AFC East. I love this. Yes. And we're going to go okay. AFC East, AFC South, AFC North, AFC West, and then do the reverse for the NFC. NFC so West, NFC West, South, North. North, then okay. South, then finally East. We're not going to spend gotcha. a lot of time on, on some of the teams, then it might be obvious who and why. But we will maybe throw out a Matt, Matt can throw out a fantasy sleeper or a rookie to watch out sure, for, and I'll of course. try to Absolutely. I'll try to match him. Try to match Matt's ex- expertise. <laughs> but Matty, who Let's do you do want it. to start with in the AFC East? Well, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go bottom to top. Okay. okay. So bottom at, at bottom is the New York Jets. Yeah. Total reset, right? Bring in Zach Wilson. A um, couple things to think about, though. I do like the way this franchise is heading. Okay, there, I'm not a. I, I, we talked about it with with our draft preview. I'm not a huge Zach Wilson guy, um, but they're going to give him some tools there. Uh, I didn't love the today. They actually traded away Herndon, their tight end, for a fourth round pick. Don't know if I love that, but they've got a decent offensive line there. Makari Becton is the Louisville tackle. Um, they take uh, Vera Tucker this year, the USC guard. You bring in a guy like Corey Davis, who maybe has underachieved a little bit for the Titans, but is a solid receiver. Um, so they've got some pieces around Zach, but this is a full rebuilding year, right? Defense, offense, they've got so many holes. This is a three to four win team, which I think is, is sadly for Zach Wilson, he's not going to love taking that punishment, but I think that's the best thing for him because they are in a division with three really good to elite defenses, yep. which to me is probably their biggest concern. Yeah, I think that's definitely something, and and I don't know. I would be worried about their defense too. Obviously, there's a lot of will this team will the Bills repeat their performance? How is Tua going to do in year two? How is uh, Mac Jones going to oh do God. in his rookie all year? All four quarterbacks, Jordy, all four quarterbacks under twenty five. Yeah, wow, that's uh, I, that's amazing. incredible. Yeah. but I guess it's yeah. my point being is. The Bills' offense against this defense, you know, it could look like oh, the Patriots' offense gonna, of, yeah, of old against this Jets' defense. Yep. So I do want to point that out. Of just you got to worry what's happening with them, and they lost Carl Lawson in the preseason with a torn Achilles. Um, T.J. Mosley's healthy, so he's back. Right, yeah, that, that's a so big that's deal. Big. He, that's he big. He's a yeah. really good player for Baltimore. He's a really good player, so he helps in the middle of that defense. But again, I think pass rush, you know. Um, 
Yeah, they're gonna need. Ugh. They're gonna need some. They're gonna need some guys to take step four. Uh, Quinn Williams, guys maybe. To take... He's probably the guy. So that I was, that I was, to. I was about to say he he was a high pick and he hasn't necessarily been bad, but he hasn't been good for his pick. He's the guy that needs to slide. He needs to really perform this year. Marcus May is a safety, but they, they've got some needs. They got tons of picks though, right? From the Adams trade, yep. they're, they're in a position to have success. Um, I will give you. I mentioned Corey Davis as a potential fantasy sleeper. The the bigger story might be at running back where Ty Johnson, who was with the Lions last year, was a huge pickup for a couple weeks. He might have won the starting job. I thought it would be Javante Carter, the rookie out of North Carolina, but it looks like Ty Johnson's the guy. Again, though, I'm going to tell you, I'd shy away from running backs on this team from a fantasy perspective because they're going to be behind a lot and they're going to need to throw the ball to get back in it. That's that's my biggest concern. That's why a guy like Corey Davis, uh, Jamison Crowder, um, Denzel Mims, they interest me more from a, from a garbage time perspective than a running back on this team. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I don't want to harp. Go yeah. ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say that. Of Let's keep it moving. Well, it's a full rebuilding team, full rebuilding team. Yep. It's hard to believe, though, that Jamison Crowder's been in the NFL for seven years. It feels like I forgot <laughs> yeah, like well, how long fine. he was on the, the former Washington R-Words. The and now, now, yeah, Sorry, yeah. The, uh, I said Washington Redskins because he was on them when they, they were. Well, they I were said called Redskins because he was on them when he was the right. Yes. Yeah. Um, moving on. Yeah, but moving yeah. on. It felt like he was there for a year and then they gave up on him. But he, he did smoke the Eagles. <laughs> right. What do you got next? Patriots or Dolphins? This is this this is tough, right? First of all, I love that you didn't even because obviously it's not the Bills. Yeah. Um, I would have taken the Patriots as the second place team because I love I obviously a Belichick guy. I think he's a great coach, but still. Von Gilmore is out for the first six weeks plus. Yeah. Um, and Mac Jones is a rookie now, right? I'm not saying Cam Newton would have been the right choice. I think they're making the right decision going with Mac Jones, but I, I think I, I think they're probably I, a seven or not seven won't be I guess it would be seven and ten or eight and eight. Yeah. Seven and ten is a really good number for them. Nine and um eight and nine, something like that. I remember the 17 week situation. 17, but um I, I think they're doing some of the right things. I think it's good to hard reset. I think Cam Newton was was at best a Band-Aid. I, I think Mac Jones is going to be able to grow with some of these young receivers with an improved offensive line with some good tight ends, right? You think about John o. Smith and Hunter Henry and, and a really good running game. I know they traded away Sony Michelle, but they've got Damian Harris, James White, who are, I think, Harris take a big step forward, and I love White, always have. So I, I, I like what they're doing, but I think – with Mac Jones being a rookie, they're a year or two away from from having any chance because they're not nearly as explosive as the Bills are. Yeah, I agree with that. And I I might throw them at second just because I'm not entirely sure of the Miami you know, offense. The Dolphins, so I know I'm their defense is really this good. Is one of the hardest divisions for me to pick. Yeah, the defense. Right. Oh, the yeah, defense all, is really yeah. good, and New England's defense is going to be a lot better. A lot of people forget that they had a lot of guys sit out last year that are back, so their defense is going to be a lot better too. So it is a very I can see these teams tying at like both maybe like eight, nine, maybe nine and eight, maybe go a little bit above 500 uh, just because they're play- obviously they play each other eight times or six times. Yeah. Six times throughout the year. So in that extra game, uh, the Jets play the Eagles and I think the Patriots would play the Cowboys. The Cowboys won the division two years ago. Um, so we will see how it all ends up, but the, I think you're right. The wide receiver core, could be really hot and cold. I think that's the one position group you didn't really mm-hmm. talk about. That there's opportunities for really a lot of these guys. Nelson Aguilar betting on himself last year in Oakland really worked out. Burned Eagles fans to, or not in Oakland, in Las Vegas. Still not used to that. Um, the no fans screwed me up, Maddie. 
But then, you know, Kendrick Bourne, look out for him. He could be, he, any any one of these guys could explode at any point. Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, guys that we thought maybe were going to take a big step last year and started to, but maybe they finally do that this year and we, you know, see it happen. Um, Gunnar Olszewski, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, that's white, pretty close. White wide receiver on a Belichick team, you know, I mean, we got to just throw it out. From Bemidji State, it's like fucking... Wes Welker from, or no, uh, uh, no, other one, other one. Julian Edelman from Kent State all over again. Seems exactly like that. Uh, but yeah. I think that that could be an underrated group, but I think you're right. It's going to be, look at Hunter Henry to kind of prove the guy, everyone who thought he was too injury prone in, in LA with the Chargers and slash San Diego, or that he wasn't going to get it done because of whatever. And same with John Who Smith playing on those Atlanta teams forever with Julio Jones getting all the catches. You know, those guys have a chip on their shoulder, and the Belichick two-tight end offense is not one to be trifled with. So this, you know, never count out Belichick, I think, is always a good rule of thumb to have. But it is like a – there's an extra couple steps that they're going to have to have to match the Bills. And I think – the Dolphins are a similar situation. So unless you have another thing to mention about the Patriots, we should move on to them. No, we can move on. I was going to say, like, they, they unless, unless a piece becomes explosive, that's that's their miss, right? They exactly. don't have a – they don't – they've got some guys that could, but they don't have anybody that's just going to blow you o- open on off- offense. When you talk about the Bills, even the Dolphins, right, yep. with Jalen Waddell and Devonta Parker, we'll go right there, right, and some of those guys um, – you know, Will Fuller comes over. That's a team that can blow you open if Tua can do it. Um, you know, you know they have a decent running game, okay offensive line. Um, but it's, to your point, it's really their defense. And right now, because of, like, the the Gilmore injury, I trust the Dolphins' defense just a hair more than the Patriots' defense. Um, I love Howard and, um, oh, shoot, he, uh, Byron Jones, the former Cowboy on the yep. outsides there. They've got a really good pass rush. They've got some good linebacker. It's a really well-coached defense, right, which you knew you were going to have anyway with Brian Flores. To me, that's why I slot them in at second. But to your point, it does come down to Tua, right? And if Tua is struggling, uh, you know, just like with the Eagles, they're they're going to struggle. I, I, I think they need to give them an opportunity, right? I know there's all this Deshaun Watson talk, and I get it, but uh, Tua deserves the opportunity to play without Ryan Fitzpatrick hanging over his shoulder with a full offseason under his belt as the number one. I think they're good but they're not great unless Tua can get there. They're, they might be a playoff team, might, but they're not there yet. So interestingly enough, and I think it's because of Mac Jones, the over-under for the Dolphins is set at 9.5, and, and the Patriots is set at 9. Um, with the Dolphins, if you try to bet the over on that, you're getting plus odds. Uh, and the Patriots, if you bet 9, you're getting minus odds, which I think is a, a Belichick thing, but also the fact that you could get a push probably adds something to it sure. as well. Um, yeah, I think you're right of – what I said with two of it all comes down to him. But I think also like you mentioned the running backs of having guys like Gaskin Brown Ahmed. It's not necessarily the stable the Patriots have. And if it's something that they're trying to establish Tua's offense that way, I don't know. It's something that you kind of throw up in the air of, are we really going to need to now focus on Devonte Parker to open it up for Jalen Waddle to get his feet underneath him and if you're not really having a running game, even in a more pass-heavy NFL offense, you know I would want to see something with it. If you're playing a lot between the tackles, a lot of slants, a lot of Q, or a lot of RB swings, or even RBs coming over the middle, which none of them are that big, so that's something to be concerned about too. With 
these these other very good defenses in their division as well as in the AFC. So that's that's one thing of concern to me. They still have a decent tight end core. Mike Gusecki now is fourth year in the league. Still a, a viable fantasy option if you're, you're not going for the top tiers. But, you know, he's missed a little bit of time because of COVID. He's had injuries in the past. They did draft another guy, Hunter Long, out of Boston College. So we'll see what he ends up doing. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. The, this There's a lot of question marks on it. A lot of it points at Tua. But I'd point at other division, right. uh, other, uh, other defense or other positional groups as well. And then their defense, their defense is really good. You mentioned they're really good secondary. Um, their offensive line, I don't think is to be trifled with. I think they run this, this interesting three, four that I think they want to try to run a little more speed defense, which I think works and not maybe the greatest running back division in the league. The fact that they can try to maybe slow down that over-the-middle slanty offense that Buffalo does so well and that other teams are probably going to do well, too, because, frankly, they're going to need it, especially in New York with a shitty offensive line. The Patriots is a lot better, but they'll probably run it over the middle, too. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with them. I'm I'm going to go with Pats, too, and Dolphins, three, because not that I don't believe in Tua, you know, or not that I'm saying Jalen is better, although Jalen is better. We, we believe Jalen is better. But I'm going to go with the, the Patriots, too. I don't really go Dolphins, three, because the question marks are too big for me with, with Tua, and I'm not going to doubt sure. Belichick. Sure. I mean, I, I can't disagree, right? To me, it's so close. Leaves the Bills as obvious firsts. I, I honestly, we we can probably go pretty quick here, right? And this is, this is positive for the Bills, right? Josh Allen taking those next steps. You got Stephon Diggs. Um, who's just honestly incredible. Um, I watch him. He's, He's so everything good. you want in a wide receiver. A little, and Emmanuel little small, Sanders but, now to add another threat. Right, right. At John Brown leaves, Emmanuel Sanders comes in. I, I do like that as well. To me, their biggest thing offensively, can they get Zach Moss and or Devin Singletary moving on the ground? They were one yeah. of the worst teams on the ground last year outside of Josh Allen to preserve his health. They've got to find a little bit of a running game. And defensively, they should certainly bounce back as well. Um, and not bounce back. They weren't had a bad year. They didn't, they didn't have a Sean McDermott year and Tredavious White will help, you know, well, you know, he's their, to me, he's their number one defender, uh, but they're, they're so loaded defensively, just solid players, classic McDermott defense that I'm, you know, very positive. So anyway, I, I, what, any, any quick thoughts on the bills that they're just clear, clear cut favorites in this division. They should win it easily. They should be vying for a top seed in the at AFC in my mind. No, I totally agree. I think, you're right that the defense, not terrible, but you're right, and not a McDermott year. I think they take a step up. I think we see a really, really solid year out of their off- or their defensive line. Specifically, I want to key in on Ed Oliver. If you do an IDP league, always a solid choice for uh, a defensive tackle. You know, a little, little more of a deep cut for us there with fantasy, but I really am a big fan of his. We've talked about him a ton on this podcast. Um, oh, man. They, he, what, what, I mean, the Houston product has been – Oh, yeah slightly underrated and slightly underachieving. I don't mean that in like a negative to him. He's well, because he went really, to the really Bills. He, right. And the Bills weren't good when, or they were okay. When they, when they got rev it up a little bit though. I do want to stick on that point you made though, of the running backs. And I think the tight ends too. Dawson Knox, not terrible, but he's not a guy that you're picking up in fantasy unless you're taking a flyer on him. But the running backs there, I know this from having Devin Singletary. Zach Moss gets a lot of yards. Singletary, not a ton. Struggled at times to stay in the lineup. And neither ends up scoring. And I think 
to your point about keeping Allen healthy, and I think that's part of why they brought in Mitch Trubisky in case Josh Allen has to come down to earth or if he gets hurt at all because of maybe some holes in the offensive line or the fact that they can't get the running running back game going. I think that's something that Emmanuel Sanders, who had a bit of a down year last year, adds to that mix. And Cole Beasley can still do that sort of stuff. Same with Isaiah McKenzie, frankly. But the running back game, I think, first and foremost, if you can't get them moving north-south, they have to be swing options, and neither of them are or have been in the past. They added Matt Breida, a guy who is struggling to really get rotational time, along with a few of the other guys there. They have Christian Wade. They have Reggie Gillum. So they have a number of options there. The the longtime veteran, Taiwan Jones. So trying to figure out who's going to be kind of the bottom of that depth chart might end up being one of the more important decisions they make offensively to see where they end up setting up players and plugging and playing that way. So I thought that was a really good point you made. I just wanted to expand upon that. I think the wide receiver core is going to be great. But I'm really excited about the Bills. I think they're, you know, like you said, they're going to be fighting for a top seed in the NFL. But let's keep it. And I'll moving. be honest. I'll, I'll be honest real quick. Part of that is because they play in the in the AFC East. So as we move to where we going, north or south now? We're going south. Okay. So south is probably the weakest AFC division, to be honest, right? Yep. Um, but if if the Bills were in the north or the west, I think they'd have more of a struggle for that top seed. And I'm not taking anything away from them. I just think there are some holes that you mentioned that are kind of covered up by some great coaching and great players elsewhere. Um, the entire AFC South kind of looks more and more like a whole as days go by. Yes. I think, I think a... you have two of the worst teams in football easily in this division. I 1000% agree with you. And which one of those do you let's, want to start let's... with? So the Texans yeah, alphabetically to last. To be, yeah. I was going to say that the Texans are at the bottom and we'll be quick, right? Because yeah. It's all Deshaun Watson related. Tyrod Taylor, I hope he has a little success. He's a veteran who maybe hasn't gotten a fair shake a couple times. Um, they signed a ton of veterans, which I understand. Uh, this team has not a lot to go. Um, they've got a long way to go. I do like signing the veterans, by the way, because I think that could create some of a um, a good a good culture there to start. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, they just have a long way a long way to go, and and they they have less because of the Watson situation to me. They have less of, of a bright a future than the, the Jaguars do. Well, the two things there. You mentioned signing vets that can try to bring the culture away from the dark cloud that Deshaun Watson brings to the team. And secondly, I had no idea that they signed Lovey Smith as their D coordinator. I had no idea he left Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> no idea yeah, that happened, had. which that could the add something to. Yeah, that could add something too of a guy who – led a team to the Super Bowl as a head coach with the Bears, a def- obviously defensive-minded guy that is also a pretty big special teams guy too. So some of those younger guys that are battling for playing time, you know, maybe they get in with Lovey and, you know, develop a relationship there. Lovey finds his way to being a head coach again, maybe. I don't know if that's something he wants to go after, if he just wants to do defense and go that way. Maybe, I, I honestly don't know how he left Illinois, if he got fired is real uh, good podcasting here. But, you know, I, yeah, I think that's really about it there. I mean, it's just basically name a really good fantasy running back from like five, between the last five and ten years. Literally not within the last five years. From five years ago to ten years ago, including Philip Lindsay's rookie year. And you basically have their running back, core, running back wide receiver yeah. core. Um, well, I, I'm going to tell you, though. So I, I want to make sure you mention if we're not going to spend a lot of time on the team. Brandon Cooks is still valuable here. 
He's on you this team. Taylor? Yes, to be honest. I, I would take a flyer as your as your flex, maybe. I think he's a worth as a worthy late pick. There's okay. a guy who again, I think he's been in the league for seven whether it's seven or eight seasons, he's only had one season that hasn't been a thousand yards. It, but it's impressive. He's played with Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and Jared Goff in a really good Rams team. Again, again, I know, but I'm just saying, if I had to take a flyer on a wide receiver who has upside, he would be one of them. And again, this is gonna be a bad team. This feels They're like have a, to come from behind. This feel, I like that point. That's a very astute Matthew Barry esque point. My only pushback, I would say, about that is just make sure because it seems like mad money. We're like, buy Brandon Brooks, <laughs> buy Brandon Brooks. We need to make sure people understand. Look at who they're playing. Because if they have a decent nickel-type defense, they're going to double-team him. Because of exactly what you said, they're going to be down big. And they're going to probably double him up. Because they're not sure as shit going to put some guy, unless they absolutely have to, on an island with him. For that exact point. That he can get yards once he has the ball. Look out. He's tiptoeing around everybody. That's the only thing I would say on that. Let's go to the Jaguars, though. And just to emphasize more of the point of how bad the te- the Texans are expected to be, their over-under number is set at four. The Jaguars set at six and a half. Now, granted, over six and a half, you can get plus odds here. Under six and a half, minus 125. Obviously, the big news, Urban Meyer comes in as their head coach. We talked about this during our either free agency primer or the NFL draft preview. I forget when that news broke down. They end up drafting Trevor Lawrence. No surprise there. They get his... Clemson teammate who currently is hurt, Travis Etienne, uh, which is a big loss there. I think they were expecting him to maybe be a big part of that offense. And, you know, the rest of the the offense there is a lot of similar names. They added Marvin Jones, which could end up being a bigger factor, I feel like. Um, or was he on the Jags last year, Matt? Am I, am I forgetting things? I feel like he was in Detroit this whole time. He was in Detroit last year. He's okay. new. Yeah, yeah, he is new. Okay, so that could help. He's you know a catching receiver that gains a lot of yards, similar to a Brooks. Uh, obviously, not at the same level. Um, tight ends normally the the quarterback's best friend in his first year. You saw it with Bishop Sankey in Tennessee the first couple years with Marcus Mariota. So maybe look at in a fancy sense whoever ends up being named their starting tight end. Maybe look at him to try to vulture some tight uh, some uh, tight end TDs. But I think. I don't know. I've got to see what happens with their offensive line. Obviously a rookie quarterback that that you want to keep healthy, but a pretty young offensive line here that I would want to see. I know they have some guys that have a number of different years in the league, but that's certainly something to keep an eye out on. So I'm not expecting a ton from the Jags. I know their defense is okay. It's not the Jalen Ramsey led Jags defenses that we've seen from the last couple of years. They still got miles Jack. They still have a decent front three. Damian Wilson's pretty solid, but I don't know. I'm not, not expecting too much out of them. I think it's lucky they play in the AFC South, so they might snake out a couple wins there, especially if it really turns into a complete dumpster fire in Houston. But I don't know. Maddie. what do you think of this team? They're young. Um, you know, I, I, ETN, losing ETN hurts, but James Robinson's there, right? He had a big season last year. Yep. I think he could do some damage. I love DJ Chark, but it's going to be a year of growth. They do have some defensive players that if they could play better, Josh Allen, the Kentucky, not the Josh Allen we know, yep, yep. the Kentucky outside, uh, the pass rusher. So, I, you know, Chris, C.J. Henderson, the, the the corner, they have some opportunities, but um, 
This is a good year of growth for them. I think the future is bright. Forget even Trevor Lawrence for a second. They put some good pieces in motion. Um, but they're they're three to four years away from being a legitimate contender in my mind. Yeah, it's it's a work in progress. And I don't know, do, what are you expecting, and last point on them, out of the Urban Meyer experience, is it going to work? Or is this something that he's just trying to show he can still coach and maybe try to get another co- uh, college gig? One of the hardest parts with being a, a, prof- a college coach, and, and you have to win quick to me because you need that culture to be sustained, right? There have already been some rumors that some of the veterans aren't a big fan of Urban Meyer's methods because it's college, not professional. Yep. And, you know, Pete Carroll did this, right, with the Seahawks, but they won They won early enough that it, that it worked. He's going to get a year or two, but if he doesn't pick it up in a year or two, it, it's going to be a potential issue. Um, but, I mean, I, again, I like the direction. just think there's a number of holes and ways to go for this team. Yeah. And I feel like that's enough that we need to say about Jacksonville. Let's go to, I'm guessing, Indy is your next team. So, uh, this is another really challenging division because a healthy Indianapolis, to me, is my is my division winner. But okay. Wentz, Wentz already on the COVID list. Um, T.Y. Hilton missing time. I, I really, I still really like this Indy team, to be honest. And I'm and I'm down on the Titans. A little bit. So I'm going to assume Carson Wentz is going to play and the excellent winning Indianapolis running game is going to get its feet under it. I'm going to pick the Titans as a surprise second in this division. Okay. I don't like their defense at all. I don't see a lot of stars there. Offensively, yes. Look, King Henry is a stud. I know they added Julio Jones, but there is a reason Atlanta moved on. They're going to be tough, though. Julio and A.J. Brown are going to be a tough matchup. You know, they got Derrick Henry. They do lose Jonu Smith, though. So, to me, it's a two-wide receiver offense and Derrick Henry. I'm not saying that that's an easy offense to stop, but I'm not a Tannehill guy. I'm not as high on the Titans. And, again, I want to focus, though. I don't think their defense is as good as it's been in the past years. So, it's really crazy for both the Titans and the Colts because both of their starting quarterbacks have COVID. Unlike injuries where they just throw a little – first aid kit next to him, uh, at least on Yahoo. They don't have Ryan Tannehill or Carson Wentz. I know they're both the expected starting running backs, or sorry, quarterbacks, excuse me. But uh, it's just funny seeing that because they show on the depth chart on Yahoo, they show Logan Woodside as the starting quarterback of the Titans, which obviously is not true unless, I I guess, if Tannehill doesn't play, although Matt Barkley's played in in NFL games. And then for the Colts, it shows Jacob Eason, and Sam Ellinger has been playing awesome in the preseason. So you'd think maybe Sam Ellinger gets the start, but I let's talk about the Titans for a minute. Uh, your defensive point is a very astute one. We've seen a lot of what, you know, has kind of added up for him. We saw it against the Ravens last year in the playoffs, right? Where Lamar Jackson finally got it done. He got his revenge. They add Bud Dupree from Pittsburgh, who I feel like is a, is a very solid offense or, off-season signing. I like that. I like that signing. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I, I kind of agree with your what you're saying of if the Colts are healthy or really even if they're you're looking at what seed, even if the Titans win the division, I feel like it's they're the four seed. They're maybe hosting a game. Maybe they don't even win the division and they're, you know, on the outside looking in. This could be a situation of five seeds, five, six, and seven are all better than the AFC South winner. I feel like that's not a shock to say, but you know, just to kind of put a 
a bow on it. The Titans over under is set at nine, nine, even minus minus one fifty. The Colts is set at, um, eight and a half. So both around around the same. And it really does depend on really if the Eagles can get the first round pick, which for those that don't know, Carson Wentz has to play. What, what is it? 70% of the snaps this year? Well, it's 75 if they don't make the playoffs and 70 if they do or something, okay, it's something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so if Carson plays healthy and obviously you and I are, are bigger Carson apologists than most Eagles fans are currently. And I really grew sick of him by the time they traded him. I just still hate the trade. The trade's fucking terrible. Um, so much dead cap space, but regardless, I, you know, if he's healthy with, that north south type runner we saw what Jonathan Taylor did in his rookie year. Oh yeah, and now we're just and, covering and by both the way, teams. Marlon Max, Marlon Max, Marlon Mack, and Niam Hines are 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 ba- both back. Yep. Right. Michael Pittman year two. I, I, I got to again. I a really good offensive line and a defense led by Darius Leonard that can absolutely play top to bottom. Really solid. Good pass rush. Good linebacking core. Good. This is a one of the best built teams we've seen and and there's a lot of talent here so uh, again that's where i think of like all right well uh, personally like the forest buckner in the middle this is a really good colts team without carson wentz if he can do anything like he had at all in philly at all and be any better than a philip rivers who was essentially just a placeholder his mind as opposed to his body great he had a good year last year but again he was Jonathan, like I said, this you mentioned it, right? Jonathan Taylor is a monster at running back, plus Mac, plus Hines. There's talent on this roster, so I that's why I like them better than the Titans. I think they're I think they're on the upswing. I think the Titans have kind of steadied. I think it's a tough division. Whoever went one of those, I think those two teams go down to the wire. But I would trust Darius Leonard stopping Derrick Henry than I would, you know, I don't know who their middle linebacker is. Might be um oh, there's a guy from uh uh. Uh, Alabama might be Evans yeah. stopping uh, stopping well, Jonathan Taylor and Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. This is a really good. This is a really well built Colts team. I think it's worth noting too. Just yeah. I'm looking at this as you were talking. The average ages of both defenses. I didn't do any math, but the Titans have a lot more guys past 30, and the Colts have a lot of guys under 30. A couple units right. with no 30 year olds, one of which being their defensive yeah. line. Which I think is just huge, yep. and it obviously pays bigger dividends. It builds a bigger core, uh, yep. and you're right. I mean, they, they do have a very solid lineup that the Colts do, and I don't know. It's uh maybe I'm trying to reverse jinx it. I know the Colts did do pretty well last year with uh, with Rivers, and seeing what happens there. I don't know. I think the Titans. We'll, we'll see what happens. This is going to be a fun battle to see those two teams go at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yep. I, I do yeah. think though it's similar to last year where it's the four and. Maybe the Titan. Maybe they're both. Maybe they both win nine or ten games. They both sneak in, but they, it's going to be tough. I th- I think it's extra tough for week is to make the playoffs though. Yeah, well, the extra week too, and get, having to play an extra AFC or NFC team does add something to it. Like the Eagles playing the yeah. Jets is kind of an un, not an unfair advantage, but it's an added advantage because it's from two years ago that you're basing it off of, and the the Jets stunk. The Eagles stunk. Or no, the Eagles won the division two years ago. How did it end up happening, that? I don't know. I forget how they managed that one yeah. game. But yeah, that's weird. Never mind. Like, I think, but maybe. I think again, I think the reason I say this is like we're gonna move to the to the AFC North like now, but yep. 
like the AFC North's loaded. So we'll get there now, right? Let's yeah, jump let's in. just move it. Yeah, let's move right in. We'll start with the Bengals. Um, I, I really like just what another, the Bengals have done. Another step for this year, but it's not yes, going to be right. It, you're not going to see it in the win column, right? T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Mixon with 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 they they need to build the offensive line though they really do, and and defensively they've got some holes. I don't want to harp too long on the Bengals. I would actually. I would avoid this team fantasy wise. Mixon to me is a running back two at best. I think they're in a really strong division with really good defenses. Uh, so again, I'm not saying don't draft a Mixon, don't take a flyer on Chase or Higgins, but I I don't think this is going to be. I don't think this offense is there yet. The offensive line needs help in my mind. Yeah, I might, maybe Azuma or Zoma, however you pronounce his name, just because it's a tight end with a young quarterback who didn't get a full season last year. Sure. But right. I wonder this. So they drafted Jackson Carmen in the second round, and this maybe can be our point on them uh, with you as the draft guy. And then they got Dante Smith in the fourth round. Was there re- – obviously, Jamar Chase is right there at number five, so they went with him because you'll get a good talent. But why not – I guess we need to really revisit the draft, but when you need that fix on the offensive line, why not go for it? Can you explain that to me as a draft expert, Matt? Well, I, I, one of the things I would say is – you can find you might good players all around the draft right and i mean look at the eagles okay yes johnson was a top pick lane johnson but my was was undrafted you know kelsey was a mid-rounder brooks was a mid you don't need uh, it's great to draft a guy early but you can you can cultivate guys later in the draft from the offensive line perspective especially from the interior right guard guard center sure tackles maybe a little bit different i thought it was a mistake I would have taken Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater with that with that early pick to to protect my quarterback. Because again, I, I go back to I don't always think you need a top a top wide receiver to win the Super Bowl, right? I think you need a I think you need a really good offensive line. That's where you got to start. So I I thought it was a mistake. I know Jamar Chase has all the talent in the world. Although I'm going to be honest, early reports from camp not separating like they thought he would. So we'll see how that goes, but I think the LSU connection was too strong. Yeah. But again, I, I I would have I would have taken an offensive lineman. That's that's how that's where I would have based it. And they probably will be drafting in the top. To be honest, I, I think they're a top five draft pick. Maybe they're top ten at worst at best. They're gonna they're gonna have to take somebody on that side of the ball. But well, you got to think being needs- in being in the bottom of the division, you have to be top ten. Yeah, of course, right? Just because they're gonna get beat up on. Now, my second team in this division for the, for the essence of time is my third, sorry, third team. What do you, I have the Steelers. So yeah. I have that. the Steelers too. Yeah. I, um, okay. as much as I think the Steelers are going to be, they were obviously very good last year. They won 11 yeah. games. They're maybe the greatest 11 and 0, or the worst 11 and 0 team in NFL history. Um, <laughs> but I do think, you know, the, the big Ben losing weight thing sounds great. They added, uh, Harris from, from Alabama, sure. Alabama. To, yep. to get another running back and kind of add something that had been not necessarily missing, but it was just, there were so many, it was a rotating cast oh, they of characters. St- they stunk. They stunk. Yeah. Look, um, James Conner's a great story. He stunk. But it was, was a rotating horrible. cast of characters right. too. He was horrible. Then they had other guys and it was, yeah. But you know, you yep. have a really good, good wide receiver core and Ben's going to gunsling and you can get done with that. But I don't know. I think, the fact that you had a number of different guys go in and out of the defense, I think is something 
that matters. Having a defensive core that's well, been around for a while. And I, they added Micah Fitzpatrick basically for nothing last year. I guess they traded a first rounder, but I don't know. It, it seems it, like nothing. It seems right. like nothing. I, um, I, here's what I would say about the Steelers. They're, they're descending. It's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing right now. It's a bad thing in the future. This is a team that I think does make the playoffs this year, to be honest. They, they are descending. Can. Oh, yeah. They're descending. I mean, I, they got a good they got a good receiver core with Juju and Deontay Johnson and James Washington. I'm missing somebody. But um, they, they have an aging offensive line. Defensively, you have TJ Watt. You got Devin Bush. You got Minka Fitzpatrick. You have Joe Hayden. There's talent there. They got some good guys in the defensive line. To me, they're just they're just descending. And a lot of it has to do with Big Ben. And I get that he's holding on. Um, and I would too, right? You're a great quarterback like Big Ben. You stick with it. You're you're an all-timer. We see Drew Brees has had success right at the downside of his career. But unlike Brady, Ben Ben looks more like Manning and Brees where he's losing his ability yeah. to do things. In an offense that's predicated on four wide receivers, that's a huge downside to me. Well, I think, but, too, the fact that they closed the season having to go to Kansas City, home against Cleveland on January 3rd, and then at Baltimore, that's week 18, it's January 9th. Those they, are that final. could be an 3 That could be an 3 and kick them out of the playoffs. And they play Monday Night Football, and then yeah, you got to think if it's anywhere close to them in Baltimore as the uh, for the division lead that that's getting flexed to being the the final game of the season, like the Eagles and uh, Washington Football Team were last year, and at least a good game, not any top ten pick versus a uh, what would have been a top <laughs> ten pick if they didn't make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's this isn't like a negative on the Steelers. It's just. The Browns got better. The Ravens got better. And it's more compliments to them, I think, is the point. Yeah, and uh, well, let's jump to the Browns. I, I really have been impressed with their offseason. I think they did yeah, a great job. Um, they, 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 you know, again, I think there are some question marks. Baker will always be a question mark. All right? I'm not a hater, but he will. Uh, Odell but Beckham defense, is ready. Yeah, their defense d- got better. Their defense got way better. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt yes. you because you're right. Odell's no, back. No, no, you're fine. And Odell, or he played last year, but he's back. He's fully back. He's not like starting the season. uh, Fully back. He was in and out. I don't think he finished the season last year. I don't think he did either. But But didn't he not start the season? I'm gonna look this up. Um, Finish your point. No, I I mean, I I just I think this team has gotten better. Um, They're utilizing the cap space they have for right now because they've got some players on good rookie deals. They've got such a good running game. Chubb and Hunt are dynamic. Maybe the best one-two combo in all football. They got better on the offensive line. Defensively, I'm not a Jadavian Clowney guy, but you bring him in across from Miles Garrett, you're going to have success there. Um, again, I, I think this is a really solid team top to bottom, uh, and, and I'm excited for them to, to kind of see what, what they can do. Um, and it comes down to, in this division, it comes down to can Baker outplay, when needed, Lamar Jackson. I don't think he can, so that's why I have him at second. But I am, I am excited. My deep sleeper. Fantasy wise, really a dynasty guy, Donovan Peoples Jones, the the former Jordy, the former Michigan Wolverine, Michigan Wolverine. Oh yeah, he is a guy this team likes a lot. He is going to get some time. He's shown the ability to stretch the field. I do like him quite a bit as a deep sleeper. If you can stash him on your bench with Odell's injury history and some question marks, he could be a guy that emerges a little bit. He had some success last year in the regular season. It's not like a total flash in the pan. Not a total hasn't done anything guy, but he's a guy I would be interested in snagging and tucking away deep on a bench in a deep league. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty but, good call. I think they're the running back core. Um, obviously bringing both Chubb and cream hunt back is pretty solid there. They have 
Janovich is their fullback when they decide to get big and and really try to bust down the the uh, the gates on the defense on the goal line. Um, they added Demetric Dimitri Dimitric Felton from UCLA, who I feel like could maybe become another dynasty sleeper type player that could really get some uh, do some damage and and maybe be a a guy that you know towards the end of the season gets a little more playing time in a rotation. But the defense. You mentioned it with Jadavian Clowney, but adding just a number of different names like Malik Jackson, McKinley, John Johnson the Third, Troy Hill, yep. like these guys are just gonna take another step up with this team. And they added uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, mm-hmm. who yep, the linebacker, the linebacker, yeah, which kinda, yep. that maybe may be their weak spot. That you you know the middle part of your defense is a little a little spotty, but when you have a good front four like they do and a really good secondary like they do, you can make up for that, and those guys can get picked up that way. You saw what happened with the Eagles. We personally saw it in 2017 when they had kind of a weaker secondary, but a really good front seven. The secondary started to pick it up in the playoff run, so that could be something the Browns do here, and I'm yeah. excited to see what they do now. Comparing them with the Ravens, and let's jump into them. I think sure. you're right that Lamar is a better quarterback. I think better, better. Well, yeah, keep going. I don't, I'm not. Gonna well, I was going to say is there's there's some extra stuff too of like I think the Browns have better running backs. I think the Ravens added more to their wide receiver core, which I think is huge. Because but I think there's still, but I think it's a lot of question marks there. They yeah, but it's to, still a lot of question not, marks. They're not Odell and Landry, you know, right? Jarvis Landry, they're just exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, I think it's almost a wash. I think both are top Me defenses yeah. in the NFL. Uh, so I, think, I actually think the Ravens secondary squeaks a little bit ahead. Okay, yeah, I could, the, I could, I could take that of the ball of the Cleveland secondary. But I think you're right to your point defensively. They're both really good. But yeah, I, I just trust Lamar's ability to produce in the regular season over Baker, and that's why and I'm not it's not a shot Lamar's postseason. Well, Matt, fact, the signature like moment was, was Lamar Jackson ran into the locker room, took a shit, and ran out and took the game back from the Browns. That's the – until right. Baker does something like that, we have our moment. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. So I think I'd, I like them to win it. I like them to again be up there with a couple other teams at the very top, fighting for a bye. Don't know if they're going to get it um, because I, they're, I think they're. I think the Bills and, and Chiefs, as we'll get to shortly, are there. But I think we should jump over to the AFC West. Yeah, let's do it. So the West. I don't know what is your take on the West. I think that there's you know so obviously the Chiefs are there. Uh, the Chargers will be exciting to see how they do in. Uh, you know, another year and in, in year two of Justin Herbert. Vegas, we finally get to see fans there. We get to see Guy Fieri's restaurant in action. And then the um, the Broncos named Teddy Bridgewater their quarterback. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, hmm. this, this is such a, 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 a Vic Fangio move because this is playing to not lose your jobs and – and yet, I just again, I'm not a Drew Locke guy. I I would have figured out how to make Deshaun Watson a possibility. Uh, you know, there's other guys I would have gone after. Um, but I just don't. I I'm not, I just I want to believe in Teddy. But ever since, even this time before his knee injury in Minnesota, he just wasn't the guy. Um, 
The shame of it is, and I hope Bridgewater plays well, because outside of the AFC West, this team is pretty good. You look defensively, you've got two of the better, maybe the best pass, one of the best pass rushing tandems in football in Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You've got some decent players defensively for them. Um, oh, who's their safety, Jordy? Help me here real quick. Oh, he's so good. Oh, the God. Broncos? Uh, yes. Justin Simmons, excuse yes. me, who is an all-pro safety. You've got some, They've got some good players defensively, offensively, right? This receiving core is exciting to say the least. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy kind of leading that charge. Noah Fant, the former Iowa tight end, who really, with I think, with a little bit of good quarterback play would be a player. And then Melvin Gordon, who I don't think is is great, but is good enough in the backfield. This is a pretty good roster, except Teddy Bridgewater, and they play in the AFC West. But, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, you can give your positive thought in a second. I think the fact that you're playing the AFC West, with a, you mentioned some solid players to keep an eye out on. Um, I just think it's another year of trying to figure out the next step. Because I think you're right. We've said this a number of times in the Drew Lock era of the Broncos of, you know, when they finally figure out who the franchise forever QB is, you know, they, they need to figure that out. And whether that's through the draft or if they want Teddy to be it for a few years and go that way, almost like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of run that Teddy could go, go through. Um, they need to figure that out. And until they do that and until... Judy takes another step. If we can see Melvin Gordon get back to his Chargers days of really just running over people, which, you know, he's now in year eight and we've seen what he's done in the past. And Royce Freeman didn't really turn out to what we thought he could be. Man, I drafted him a second in our dynasty draft a couple years back. Yeah. And um, was a big fan. Then Philip Lindsay appeared, but Philip Lindsay appeared. Yeah. But he, but still, even after you know, after all that, you know, we've seen it with guys in Seattle. You know, I similarly right. had had a similar experience with that, and you know, guys figured I, that out. And yeah, I don't know, I, it's just you know, well, like you mentioned like, that you don't necessarily have to use high picks on skill players. And the Broncos, you know, some of these guys have been later round picks, but they, you know, they add Javante Williams out of North Carolina, who maybe could I like be a him guy. A lot. Could be a guy that takes a step there. Oh, I mixed. Oh, my God. You know what I did earlier, by the way? I said Javante Carter for the Jets. It's Michael Carter and Javante Williams. I saw Both that. And I was running gonna, back rookies. I was going to. Okay. I saw it on Yahoo. Hey. And I was like, well, Yahoo fucks up a lot of things. So I didn't want to like uh, say no, like, no, oh, no. Yahoo I, says I this. I can call and, myself and trust, out. And trust the Yahoo. Right. Um, I guess here's what I would say, right, with the Broncos. They are in a division where the worst quarterback is arguably Derek Carr. Who's a little bit older. But the other two are young. Yep. If they want to compete, this is the time to do whatever you got to do to get a guy. And I, I, I want to. Maybe he doesn't want to go there. Maybe they don't want to give up the picks. But you need a talent. I think he either get lucky and get a top five pick. But again, I don't love the quarterback classes coming up here. Or, or you need to go get a Deshaun Watson. And I'm, I'm. There's the off the field stuff makes it a hard no for me right now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is because you mentioned it a but couple that's, times. But that's the talent. Aaron Rodgers makes a ton of sense yeah. as a short term stopgap this coming off season. Well, I think uh, that uh, and he would be a huge positive for them. I think that and, and I think the off the field stuff, I think, is a lot worse than we think. Obviously, there was like the FBI probe and all that shit. Well, but like there's 22 accusations. But even yeah. if even, here's the thing, even if even if even if he gets fully acquitted of his charges and 
if that's even a possibility, right? And of course it is, right? Uh, innocent to prove a guilty, blah, blah, blah. But it, from a from a risk standpoint, you cannot give up two, three firsts and two seconds, if sure. you will, for a guy who theoretically – Who gets suspended. May never play yeah. an NFL I mean, we just again, saw – Right? Different sport, but we just saw Trevor Bauer – He's suspended for the rest of the year. Not, maybe not officially suspended for the rest of the year. But they're thinking it's going to be a whole 162-game suspension, a whole season. So who knows? You know, it's a long way from Ray Rice with all this different shit. You right. can't necessarily – and obviously this isn't domestic violence. There's sexual you know, sexual uh, assault type of stuff in here. It's a lot worse. But, um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, Jordy. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers next, is the selection there. year on this team. Looking through this, though, they have a really young roster. I know this is something that was said right. about the Browns forever, but that matters, right? And eventually it started to pay dividends for the Browns, and I feel like the Broncos are kind of getting back to that point. Yeah. And they're no, not the Browns. And again, the Broncos they, aren't going to be bad have, for as long as the Browns look, were. Right, but they have to look long-term because of the other. We're going to get to – so so let's just jump to the Raiders, right? Yep. They're your third as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe oh, yeah. even fourth, I, I, but the Raiders have a, a lower ceiling that could potentially fall through is what I'll put on the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you something. This, this Raiders team has got to figure it out. I, I love Mike Mayock, and, 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 and John Gruden is a, is a guy I've enjoyed on TV. I know he's been a good coach before, but I just think this is a team that's stuck in this weird neutral propaganda machine. Look, I like Henry Ruggs. I, I think he's going to be a good deep threat. I think Derek Carr is better than he plays. I don't get the um, he uh, has they signed Ken Kenyon Drake signing when you have Josh Jacobs though. Like there's just been some weird move. Last year they drafted Arnett. They, they, they uh, you think of uh, a Farrell, the Clemson guy that they reached hard for and hasn't panned out. Of course not gonna. It made some missteps, and of course Mayock thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and you have to think you're the smartest guy in the room. But at the same time. This is a team that's just, to me, stuck in neutral. And uh, they're going to play with heart, but I don't know if they're going to win enough games. Yeah, I think there's something to it of the team last year did pretty well. And obviously, a couple of Derek Carr's really good fantasy-esque games were because teams were trying to lose. You know, there was obviously the Jets meltdown against them where Derek Carr ends up having, I think, over 400 yards. But, like, he, to your point, he was a legitimate MVP candidate five years ago. And then he fucked up his shoulder and never really brought it back there. You know, six years ago, he would like kind of backdoored his way onto a pro bowl team. So he had the intangibles to do it and somewhere it fell apart. And I don't know it. There was obviously all the hype a couple years back when they were on hard knocks and they had Antonio Brown and all this shit. And I don't know. It's something where kind of like what we were talking about with the Bengals, they've tried to rebuild through their offensive line, but they take these like sexy picks of taking a guy like Alex Leatherwood this year, which is not like, it's not out of the realm of possibility to see Mayock do this in his tenure in in Las Vegas. I keep doing this, but like take one guy and it's the bare minimum. He did it with John Simpson. He did it with Andre James. Like he still has like some, some vets on there, like Nick Martin, Richie Incognito, Denzel Good. But, like, they're getting there. We mentioned it before of guys over 30. Now, Mick Martin's 28. Denzel Good's 30. Richie Incognito's 38. You can't think he's playing that many more games. And, you know, you mentioned it of, of signing Kenyon Drake, and maybe you're thinking that you can go, you know, a system of 
you know, not having to overuse Josh Jacobs, but he can do that. And you have Jalen Richard, who's been very solid for you for a number of years. Talk about a fantasy sleeper that can vulture tight or touchdowns from you. And then, yeah, the wide receiving core, it's just a big question mark. You just don't know what you're going to get out of it week after week. Hunter Renfro could be right. a lot of fun, but he could be a disaster. It feels like Calvin Ridley up until like last year where Calvin Ridley could go off, but at some weeks he'd have like one catch for 15 yards. Hunter Renfro has been that yeah. at times. Uh, same with Ruggs. And I feel like Ruggs, it's his second year. So maybe he goes off this year. So I don't want to write him off yet. Willie Sneed's in there and who the hell knows what he's going to do. Right. Yeah. That, that thing to me, just to your point, like a lot of neutral and a lot of, and a lot of like question marks, but not high ceiling question marks, which is why, to me, it's an easy one-two in this division. Now, in any other division, this next team would probably be my top choice, even in the AFC East, I think. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But I love the Chargers. I love where they're going. Obviously, a huge Justin Herbert fan. Blew everybody away last year. But let's start offensively quickly, right? Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler has looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even battle injuries last year, I think, has another gear. From a wide receiver perspective, Herbert's throwing to Keenan Allen, right? Mike Williams, they've got a lot of guys there. Um, and he I looks like, like the real lot. deal. They're rookie? Yeah. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, me too. I, I I would, I mean, there's, but but I think, and I'll, I'll let you jump in, but I, I really think the key for me, outside of Joey Boza on defense, though, there's one guy that I think could take this team to be a threat, probably still from a wild card position, but really take this team to that next level, which is why I say, quote, unquote, if they play in the AFC, they'd beat the Bills. And that's Derwin James. Yeah, that's a good on call. Defense. I love this cat. He just can't stay healthy. This cat. He's had a little – he – Jordan, he, he would be an all-pro kind of – first of all, not, not, not a safety, right? We're talking all world Jamal Williams with better athleticism and a better mind. I, I, I think Derwin James is the difference maker. If he is healthy, I think this team, A, competes for, with Kansas City in the division, and B, makes them the, the best wild card team we've seen in a while in the NFL. Yeah, since they were, what, like 12 wins and the Chiefs were 13 wins? Um, right. But you mentioned it. You mentioned James. That's a great call. Adderley or Adderley, I don't think you can write off either. Mm-hmm. Their secondary is awesome. Michael Davis is pretty it good. Is. Uh, Trayvon Campbell is awesome. Uh, linebackers are pretty solid. I think their defense is very solid overall. And I think that's a really good call that this team, we saw Herbert come out of the gates flying last year after he took the job from Tyrod Taylor. And I think that's going to keep going. You didn't even mention Jared Cook, their new tight end that they picked up. I think no, he's going right. to have an awesome year. Year two of Justin Herbert. Similar to what I mentioned, uh, Sankey, he year two with Marcus Mariota had a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, obviously a lot better of a wide receiver core than the Titans had in those mid 2000s, mid 2010 teams. But I still think this is going to be a high flying offense. Eckler, Josh Kelly, I think that they can get some stuff done of moving all around the field, doing those swings and zip zap booms over the middle. And I think this offense is really fun to watch and even incorporating a bigger the bigger package of having Gabe neighbors as your fullback and letting Eckler just go right down the middle. They have a couple different ways to skin the cat. And I think too, and we'll jump in the chiefs in a second. 
that we might see him split this series a home and home that the home team wins. I think it's not out of the realm of possibility by any stretch of the imagination. This team could put the NFL on notice pretty quickly too, because they play the football team in Washington or in Landover. Then they play the Cowboys. Then they're at Kansas city. They play Las Vegas and they host the, the Browns and then play the Ravens before their bye week. They'll have three games against top AFC opponents and I like him to win at least one. Granted, one only one's a home game, so maybe they win the one against the Browns. But who knows? They could go into Baltimore and give the Ravens a scare. Oh, absolutely. They got smart, right? They take Rashawn Slater in the first round. He looks to be a guy that could be a stud on the offensive line. They also made a really underrated signing, former uh, Green Bay Packer center and Corey Lin- uh, Lindsley, which I thought was just, just one of those picks that Flies under the radar, but you just know is so good. Brian Balaga is still out there, so they got a strong offensive line. Um, and defensively, Kenneth Murray, the Oklahoma guy, year two for him. Yeah. Asante Samuel, the linebacker. Asante Samuel Jr., the the cornerback who might have an opportunity. Uh, that's he's a rookie. So there's just so many, to me, positives for this team right now. It's insane. Um, his dad played for the Eagles like ten years ago. I know, right? Yeah. I know. Um, and by the way. Joey Bosa is still one of, if not the top pass rusher in all football on defense. I really like this team. Granted, I don't like it more than the Chiefs. How can you like them more than the Chiefs? And our last AFC AFC team to talk about. Can I tell you their last seven games? One of them is is home against the Chiefs. At Denver right after Thanksgiving. At Cincinnati. Home against the Giants. Home against the Chiefs on Sunday night football. And that's not getting flexed. Or no, it's Thursday night football. Yeah, it's definitely not getting flexed. That's stuff. That yeah. could be – that is probably a win because it's Thursday night football at home. At Texans, home against the Broncos, at Raiders. This team is a possibility going of seven straight to close out the oh, season. Oh, yeah. And they host oh, okay. Pittsburgh so gonna... and Mini right before that, and they put the, they're in the Eagles to, uh, or uh, in Philly to start November. This team this could really go five. on a hot streak into the playoffs. This is a three-to-five loss team. Yeah. I, I, that's the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, I still think the Chiefs egg them, edge them out. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The Chiefs are the Chiefs are still the class of the AFC, and I didn't mean to, to take a the, step I back. I'm talking about your 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 yeah, homie, but your favorite. But I, but I, I, I my favorite, Patrick Mahomes is I, I love your him boy. to death, and he's not he hasn't taken Tom Brady's mantle yet. If he continues to do he's doing now, it's going to be tough for me to say I don't like his game. Maybe well, Chad Henney is still but, his backup. That's so awesome. That great. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think with the Chiefs is I actually don't think the Chiefs win the number one seat because I think they play in the AFC West. I think I personally think the, the bills get the number one seed this year. There are three lost East. Yeah. Yeah. Again, because they have a weaker division. I'm not saying the chiefs can't, but Chiefs host them on Sunday night football though, that could be the the Broncos Patriots, you know how that game always Mm -hmm. mattered. That could be the difference maker, but this, so somehow this chiefs team to me got better in a way. Right. So, they obviously have Mahomes. They've got – they have um, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilar. They bring back Damian Williams, their M- Super Bowl MVP. They've got Tyreek Hill, right? You, you bring back some wide receivers that you like. Travis Kelsey obviously still exists, clearly. Um, they bring in Orlando Brown. They, 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 the offensive line has – by the way, it's a totally new offensive line, and it looks totally better. Like, And it wasn't even a bad offensive line last year. And you jump over to the defensive side, and you've got Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew. Again, I just this is a really good Chiefs team, 
but it comes down to Patrick Mahomes in my mind is the best quarterback in all of football. And that's why I think they win the, they win the division and get, I think they're the number two seed this year behind the bills. Well, I think too, the, the additions on defense, I think are pretty important to talk about Jaron Reed comes over from Seattle. They drafted yep. Nick Bolton, who I think could have a really good opportunity to have some impactful plays. Mike Hughes, Deandre Baker, I think are going to be pretty big ads. Um, yep. Yep. This team, I think, is still very solid. I think they are still the class of the AFC. I think that's a good call in terms of seeding that the Bills probably get at number one. Unless, you know, the Bills slip up here and there. It's the NFL, any given Sunday, all that sort of stuff. Um, I guess my only question offensively are those running backs. Because we saw them really go into Edwards Hilaire and then shy away from him as the season went on. He kind of had hit and miss throughout the playoffs. Obviously, Darrell Williams had a lot to do with that. He played very well. Damian's back. Let's see what he does. So, I, I mean, I guess talk me through that of what are they going to go through here because it seems like Edward Zillaire is going to be a big, impactful player again, but how long does that right. last, and do oh, they try to add someone else such... like last year? Nah. Right, when they brought in Levin Bell, but he yeah. kind of played up. But they, they... He had a decent playoffs, though. He did, but they brought in Clyde. Hilaire's a first-round pick. He had a really good start to the year, then really faded. Damian Williams has done it, right? Yeah. I think they're deep at the running back position. I also think Andy Reid's smart enough to understand you don't need to have superstar defensive ends at every position. I mean, sorry, wow, superstar running back to win it, to win it all, right? Are we sure Not Damian Williams is back on the have. Chiefs? Did he get cut today? I Did he get cut today? He's been on the Bears. Did I miss that? He's been on the Bears wow, in the preseason. Rare, is that a, a rare miss for me? It is. Hang on. You said so that, he, and, he, I, and I was like, I'm pretty he, sure. Oh, okay. He backed out because of was new, I thought it was news, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, he's Yeah, he's entering his first season with the Bears. He opted out of the 2020 season due, due to COVID. Okay. Well, then. Yeah. I that thought maybe a, you said it, and I thought maybe I missed some news, so I was Googling it. Okay. No, I didn't miss any news, and I appreciate you correcting me there because, honestly, I was locked in that he was on the uh, – the roster. Oh, you're right. Now, okay. Yeah, no. So that actually, honestly, though, I'm going to be honest. That it helps it, that Edward Hilaire in terms of yeah, but his stock. He, yeah, it does, um, and it makes me want him more. Right. Um, I still, you know, on that offense, I, I'm still a little nervous. Not that this opens the door then to bring in a guy. Right. I'm not saying you're going to bring in Todd Gurley, who I think deserves a shot, but not maybe not here. But I think they're running back. I think they're missing a piece. Hilaire's a second-year running back, had a little injury history, injury issues last year, but he's still – he's good enough, so I get why they're going to run with him. Wow, I can't believe I missed the Damian Williams. <laughs> Interesting. I'm blown away. I just assumed, good. you know – well, I guess I guess I made – here's the thing. I guess I made this assumption that these NFL teams would really honor the guys that held out for COVID and bring them back. And maybe they did give him a fair shot, but at the same time, that kind of sucks because – I really liked him, and I thought he would come back in and win that starting job. So clearly, here's the thing, right? This is why I didn't know this. Because to me, the Chiefs are on cruise control, right? Not in a bad way. They're, they're already good. Why am I worrying about what the Chiefs are doing? Granted, I, yes, their offensive line's totally improved, and I mentioned that. But why worry about what the Chiefs are doing when I, when I can see other teams that are trying to catch them? So it's almost like a blind spot for me. But uh, I do mean that. Look, Hilaire jumps up in my book from a from – a, uh, a, uh, fantasy standpoint because Darrell Williams I like but he's not all the way there so anyway cool I didn't know that all right still <laughs> like with by the way even with this new breaking news for me still like them to win uh, oh yeah win it all 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, they still Patrick, Jerick Patrick McKinnon. Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. They, Jerick McKinnon's been solid for them, uh, or been solid in the NFL. He's This is his first year on the Chiefs, but has been solid for a number of years. Five touchdowns last year. So yeah. probably adding that, that Damian Williams type of role. And I don't know. He was he was pretty good with the with the uh, the Vikings for a few years there, where he was a nice like backup. Well, then he jumped. In. Well, he yeah, he jumped to San Francisco, signed the big deal, and then just his knee just didn't just did couldn't hold up, which was so sad because he had a lot of promise coming into that year. I remember his, that. Yeah, he had a solid, similar, I guess, to what we thought with Darius Slay. He played in 16, 16 games last year, but only had eighty one attempts. Which yeah, uh, he had some issues, but his his he. He had some some residual knee issues. And besides, they had yeah, guys yeah, like yeah. missed a lot of 2017. Really... Or no, he only no, never right. mind. He played the whole 2017 season. I'm looking at the postseason of two games. Um, yeah, he's not missed a ton of games. Played 14 in his rookie year, 16, 15, and 15, 15 and 16, 16 and 17, 16 last year. Huh? He's maybe just missed. Doesn't get as many touches. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the AFC. We've been. We were gonna we were gonna care to keep this shorter. It didn't yeah, really work out. So we were trying to keep it shorter. Classic me and Matt. We are gonna return next week with our NFC preview. So Eagles fans, prepare. We're gonna do it again. We're gonna do the reverse order though. Go west, north, south, east. So Eagles fans that wanted us to talk about the Eagles, we did it during the AFC. So there you go. But we are gonna wrap up quick college week one preview. This is well, first, week zero. Any highlights from it, Matt, that you wanted to touch on? The low light is uh, is Scott Frost's on the hot seat, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that was... Only way I can put it. A given. Yeah. Of, given how shitty the... Uh, well, it's Big Ten football at its finest, right? It was 2 nothing at one point. So, like... Yes. You know. But I think... Uh, I think Nebraska, they keep their sellout streak alive, which is incredible. But... Yeah, I don't know what when they have to finally look into the mirror, and maybe this goes back to what we were talking about last week with the alliance of, you know, they maybe this helps them, maybe this gets them somewhere. But I don't know what the answer is. You bring in these big names that have done things with other programs. Like, is it you have to just snake someone from another program or a, a up-and-coming coordinator instead of a head coach? Like a coordinator from a Power 5 team? That might be the answer. I don't know. Yeah. No, interesting. Uh, hmm. yeah. Nebraska is one of those teams that hasn't really been. I mean, there was that there was that the Dominican Sioux error a little bit, but one of those teams that just I would love to I love to see them back. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't think they're anywhere close. But look, let's move on to the positive. There are some week one is a really solid slate. Now, I want to jump into a couple games before we get into some of the big dogs. Yeah. Okay. First and foremost, Friday night, you always love those Friday games, the 10th-ranked Tar Heels visit Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech, only a five-and-a-half-point five underdog. And and quite frankly, this is a big game for the Tar Heels. Sam Howell needs a big season. They're thinking, you know, Mac Brown and that team thinking high thoughts, really like to see them. They need to, do, they, they need to have a strong showing against a not, – not the same Beamer ball for Tech team, but still a, a good program in Virginia Tech. Yeah, um, a program that always is there, a very hard home out that, yeah. you know, you get the night game, you get enter Sandman, you get all that stuff, and it's fun to watch. And this could yeah. be this could be one of those that, a game to definitely tune into. I'm going to be in San Francisco this weekend, 
So I'm going to be uh, three hours behind, three o'clock Pacific Daylight Time. Or, yeah, Pacific Daylight Time. Uh, it's, it might be tough for me to tune into, but it might be something I'm going to need to see some highlights. Because that, yeah. you got Ohio now, State I, the night before. Well, I, I, opening the yeah, season on a Thursday for like State. the fifth year in a row or something. Where, that's kind of weird. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I just feel like I always would go out to a bar on a Thursday night, Ohio, the, the Thursday night of Labor Day, <laughs> and Ohio State's playing Indiana. They're losing at halftime by like a touchdown, and then they win by like 30 points. So yeah, that's they're a 14 point, uh, 14 point favorite. Um, Coastal Carolina kicking off the season against the Citadel on that Thursday night. It's only on ESPN Plus, which is kind of a bummer, but they're ranked to start the year. You got to love it. Got to love seeing them. But let's jump into Saturday, Maddie, because we got a lot of ranked games that I'm excited to see. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I wanted to pick two more quick games before oh, yeah. we jump into the ranked first ranked, okay? Okay. So Saturday night, LSU-UCLA. This is, to me, LSU need – I mean, look, Ed Odron, they, they, need, a, they need a bigger they – they, they, need, they need a good season. But to me, this is a huge Chip Kelly game. If they can upset LSU, they are on the map. They've got a good deep team, a very Chip Kelly-esque team. Dorian Thompson, their quarterback, I like. So big game there. And then and then there's actually a little bit of a Sunday game. Notre Dame, Florida State. Notre Dame's ninth. Florida State, really downtrodden program right now. But just just throw it out there. It could be an upset alert. Would love to see Florida State, you know, jump all over the, uh, the, um, uh, the Golden Domers. Uh, the Irish and uh, maybe, maybe pull off a Sunday night upset, but just two interesting games outside of the top, the top ranked games uh, that we're about to mention. It's always yeah. the best of uh, the opening weekend because the NFL doesn't start until next week, right? So we get the the Sunday night college game, and for a couple of years we got a Monday night college game, which were always fun to see. But the main piece de resistance of Saturday is just mouthwatering to look at. You mentioned it. Th- four ranked versus ranked games. And I think all four of them are going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think we'll start with, to me, the most boring, and I, I feel bad saying that it, Indiana, Iowa, um, Iowa, oh, it's three five ranked favorites. Games. excuse me. Yeah. I've, I've missed that one on there. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, I, that's my least exciting. Um, just cause there are two big 10 teams that classically don't have explosive offenses. Indiana trying to kind of, stay the course with having a little bit of upstart year last year. Um, I, I do like Iowa just because it's Iowa, but I, I don't know. To me, that's kind of a black game. Um, I think there's some other bigger games. I don't know. The, the next one I jump to is Texas, Louisiana, the raging Cajuns, not LSU, Louisiana, ranked yep. 23rd, Texas 21. Formerly Louisiana Lafayette. Right. Well, you're coming out of the Sam, you're coming out of the, the Sam Ellinger era. Right. So it's going to be a whole new Texas team with this big looming move to the SEC. Can they beat a ranked Louisiana team, a mid-major? If they lose this game, boy, that move looks bad. Yeah, I have to agree there. I mean, it's an eight-point spread. Louisiana, traditionally a pretty good defensive squad. So I think you're right. They got to come out firing, rooting, tooting, Texas style, and to see what what they look like there. Um, But you're right. If this is something that ends up being a little closer – I don't know, the committee, or not even the committee, the AP usually is pretty hard on Texas when they don't beat teams pretty well um, versus, like, when Clemson got scared from uh, Texas Te- uh, Texas A&M a few years back. You know, team people tried to hold it over them, but that, you know, Clemson continued to do it. I feel like when Texas slips up, 
people think that, well, that's it. Texas isn't back, blah, blah, blah. And then they end up being proven right. So I think this is something that they need to win this as if it's, you know, they are, it's a 14 point spread. If you're a Texas fan, that's what you're thinking is let's win by two touchdowns. Let's really get this thing through. And Louisiana, you're basically playing with house money. You're a Sunbelt team playing a big 12 team, a team that's, you mentioned it going to the sec. So try to beat up little, try to beat up big brother and, and put yourself out there. You know, you've seen what coastal Carolina has done the last couple of years. Let's have you do it and see what happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the second, the, the, the next game on my list of tune ins, this is going to sound a little weird, but it's actually Alabama, Miami. I was going to say, when you said the uh, most boring game, I thought that was going to be your answer. Cause I like Miami a lot, I, but yeah. Alabama's Alabama and it's a 19 point spread. Yeah. Look, I'd love to see Miami battle. Uh, Derek King's still there. Um, would love to see them kind of rise back. Granted, it's a different Alabama team, right? The big four receivers gone. Najee Harris gone. Damian, obviously, Damian Harris, um, you know, gone. No, no Tua, no Jalen, no Mac Jones. Bryce Young is a huge prospect, but unknown. So there's a reason Alabama is still almost a 20 point favorite. That defense is loaded again, ton of stars. I don't expect there to be a problem, but that's why they kind of sh- slot in there as my next next game on the list. Yeah, I got to agree with that. I just think we see this every year, right, that Alabama plays a 10th to 20th ranked team, and it's a team that has some kind of high hopes either out of the ACC or the Big Ten, and they end up blowing them out of the water. This just seems like another game that's like that. It's why Vegas has his 19.5-point spread. I think that over at 61 and a half, I think is intriguing. I'd be weary of it just because we know Alabama is going to put up points, but we, we don't know what their defense is going to do in the first game of the year. You think they're going to come out firing. So you, you know, maybe take Alabama and minus the points, but if you're trying to bet it, I'd stay away. That's, that's my real take on the game. Yeah, absolutely. I, my, my next game would be Penn state, Wisconsin. I think both teams kind of in that slot now where, yes, Penn State 19th, Wisconsin 12th, but both have the talent to sneak up higher in the rankings. This is how you start that process. So Correct. I like both teams this year. I like Tommy Stevens out in, at Penn State. I think he can – am I right? Is it Tommy Stevens? Hang yeah. on. My brother's going to kill me here. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. So I think there's some positives on both sides. Both rosters is a huge statement game. It's a really good quarterback game, which is shocking to say about a Wisconsin right. game. Right, West, Wisconsin Penn State game. Even not that's not. I know it's kind of a shot at what Penn State quarterbacks, but they tend to have great running backs, great receivers, really good tight end. You know, a good linebacker. They have two good quarterbacks coming at each other that can set the stage for one of these two teams to make some noise in the Big Ten. When you think about some of the top teams, right? Obviously, Indiana, Iowa playing, but you know, Ohio State's at the very, very top here again, as we expected. Um, Michigan with a down year at the moment. We'll see what happens. But again, I I won't get won't get won't get into them on this podcast. We'll see how they do. Uh, but I, I really like this game. I think it's going to be an exciting game, and it could be a more offensive game than you normally see between two very defensive, so we're both storied wrong. defensive programs. Right? Sean Clifford. Clifford. I, yeah. Tommy Stevens went to Mississippi State. Yeah. Thank you. I knew it was Clifford. That was my bad. I apologize yeah, yeah, yeah. to my brother's an all-Penn State alum. That was not a okay. meant to be an insult. Sean Clifford, thank you so much for correcting me. He, and he has a shot, man. He's got a lot of athleticism. He's got a big arm. This is his second or third year in this offense. He's got a chance. Went to my cousin's high school, Saint X in Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So anyway, I really like this one. Uh, but yeah, no, I think this is going to be a really good game. This is going to be a lot of fun. Right at noon, which is shocking that they have a 12 p.m. game 
at Wisconsin. It's almost what Northwestern always does with the uh, 11 a.m. Central time starting game. So I think that's brutal. Brutal. Um, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a classic Big Ten game. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a close one. Yeah. Why it's less than a touchdown spread. I, uh, I'm i excited to check it out. Obviously, uh, 9 a.m. at my San Francisco time. So hopefully it's you're before not, we really you're not, you're, Well, maybe you're having maybe. brunch or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but Jordy, 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 let's get, let's get to the game. The big dogs. With the, the national title dogs implications the Tigers. this early in the season – game for two programs who who actually to me are at big crossroads because we haven't really seen Clemson uh, you know they went from Deshaun Watson essentially to Trevor Lawrence no Kelly Bryant was there they, and I'm DJ is a really good quarterback for them but they've got so many other question marks this is a huge game for Clemson it's a huge game for Georgia to say hey we are going to compete this year in the SEC against Alabama JT Daniels is coming in a quarterback um, you got, but the problem is uh, Justin Ross back for Clemson at the wide receiver core is a huge deal. Both teams have really strong defenses, but some young players. Uh, this is a massive game for both teams to say, "Hey, we we deserve the three and five rankings." Based pretty much in my mind, both rankings based solely off of their coaching staff and recruitment, because you're not going to see a ton of names that you recognize. There's no ETN. There's no Lawrence. You know, T. Higgins. Not there. so all these guys that aren't there. And then for Georgia, it's supposed to be Jamie Newsom, who might be a practice squatter for the Eagles. But there's, to me, there's just a ton of question marks on both sides. But clearly, I think they're ranked where they are because of their head coaches and recruiting uh, rankings. Because both teams have a ton of question marks. But I love this game. Yeah, I do too. I think it is something where like Georgia brings back some names you may remember, like Samir White. Their their backup yes. running back, James right. Cook. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they. There's some players. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's I'm some players. Right now, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and obviously both teams, obviously having some big names that are offensive talents in the NFL recently, but both very good defensive schools. So I think this is going to be a game that we want to see the superstars come out and firing. And I think it's obviously college football. It's obviously gets high scoring pretty quickly, and it could. This is an over of 51, which says something about the defenses and what what they're expecting. But I think that could be an easy over to hit watch this thing go and see what players do. I think, you know, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility to see these guys, maybe a slow first half. And then the second half after feeling each other out, see these, these quarterbacks start bombing it. We saw it. We've seen it a few years in these sec top 10 against a big 10 outside of Alabama against a big 10 ACC pac 12, big 12 team where you've seen that of these slow starts, that have kind of a give and take. And then the second half, it A, is high scoring, so hit the over. But B, we see the SEC team, and what immediately sticks out to my mind here is Joe Burrow against Texas a few years ago. But we've seen it with other ones, too. We saw it with Bo Nix against Oregon. I think that was three years ago. And all of this, you know, a number of different examples, too. So I like Georgia in this game, actually. I know you're a big Clemson guy. No, no, I actually, I had, ask, I actually like Georgia, too, by yeah. the way. I like JT Daniel quite a bit. I think he's a good I do player. too. Yep. Yeah, I th- I like him. I like kind of what the Georgia offense is bringing here. So I like Georgia in this game, and I like them to kind of stick it and say, Florida, we know you're up and coming, but this is still our division, and we want you know we want Bama, we want to fucking take them on. Oh, 100 percent. And to me, to me, Georgia needs this game. Clemson can lose here and go on to win the ACC and be in the playoff. A loss here for Georgia 
it creates a different atmosphere where they really can't afford to slip up against a lot of good teams in the SEC and then obviously can't slip up against Alabama. So I'm with you. I, I think this is – and I like Georgia. I told you. I, I like JT Daniel. I know DJ got a little bit of play last year, but I think there's some other question marks. Clemson, although 9 of 11 defensive starters are back for Clemson, it's a little scary. But we'll see. I mean, it's a heavyweight matchup. No, no matter what, it's a great week one yeah, to kick off college football. Upon haymakers. But it's just such a good week to kick off college football. I'm so about it. I am too. I'm glad we got to talk about it for you know, five, ten minutes here. Yeah. And like we said <laughs> – we are going to be back next week to do the NFC, and we're going to redo the Eagles Can't as well. Wait, man. I'm glad we got to at least NFC, do it once. I think the NFC is more intriguing than the AFC. I'm excited to go through it with you, man. I think there's so many good teams, so I'm glad we're breaking it up. I think it'll give a little more insights, and uh, you know, people can take a quick break here between the two. But oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for doing this, Matt. Thank you all for listening. Everybody have a great weekend. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Instagram, Thunderbug Sports, ThunderbugSports.com, where you can find the show notes. Search the Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. The Bullpen Cart. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'll give you a shout-out. But that is it. We will be back next week with the NFC. Hopefully a baseball show as well. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fly, Eagles, fly, baby!